Hello, thanks for tuning in. You are listening to Captain Roy's Rocket Radio Show, Crash, the UK Geek Podcast. This is episode 404, recorded on Sunday, the 19th of September 2021. And the time at the beginning of the show is 15.12.05. Hello again, and welcome to another Retro Revisit. You see, I told you that the Doctor Who Revisit has really not been forgotten. And today is a slightly special day because we are beginning Season 16. I apologise for the slight delay... This was supposed to have been released on Friday, but as well as not being too well, I had a little extra research to do, and by the time I'd finished that, I realised that Sunday was also a special day, particularly for such a space piratey themed podcast as mine, because today, the 19th of September is the annual Talk Like a Pirate Day. Arr, matey, arr. I'm sorry, I won't do that too many times. Yeah, about not being so well recently, I was suffering withdrawal from a kind of drug called a PPI, a proton pump inhibitor, which sounds very ominous, but it's a fairly common acid reflux medication. The trouble with these things especially if you've been on them long-term, is you can get really bad withdrawal symptoms and you can have something called hypersecretion, which is as disgusting and terrible as it sounds. I went completely cold turkey, which was a very bad idea, so I'm back on the drugs again and gradually weaning myself off, which is the sensible thing to do. As a byproduct of... Coming off these drugs, I'm actually losing weight. I was losing it a little too rapidly. That has slowed down. Short story, very, very long. I feel much better today, so huzzah! Also, buoying up my generally depressive demeanour. <laughs> oh god, I used the word boy. I saw a jaunty little magpie working hard just to survive a few days ago, and I was suddenly just very grateful for being a human and not a magpie. Even a very slightly ailing human being. Yes, I won't bury you in this unbearable joie de vivre. I'll get on with the rest of this. Sorry about that. Though I will continue in a slightly self-reflective manner. And let us talk again about how Doctor Who influenced me and how I was predisposed to such influence. Which is something I talk about sometimes. I feel like it's time to talk about it again. For a start, my perception of time is that I don't feel that distance from the ancient past. That's because of my family's interest in ancient history, was watching these programs on TV, but also because of my postgraduate study and some of my past work experience. And, of course, 
Doctor Who is a show about time travel, and time travel, in fact, is such a well-worn path trod by many science fiction authors and creatives. Not just Doctor Who. Back to that thing about uh, family interest in history that also extended to travel, and I remembered as a child how much of my parents' very hard-earned money was spent on rather extravagant foreign holidays. It's just like you see some poor people have really good cars. Well, we didn't do that. We just had really nice holidays. That travel broadened my horizons considerably at a very early age and shrank the world by the time I was an adult to the point where I now think borders are a fiction and the concerns of countries to me seem rather parochial, provincial and honestly a little bit pathetic. For many years I thought of how shows like Doctor Who only furthered this feeling that I should go wherever the hell I want, whenever the hell I want, and mostly damn the consequences, safety permitting. And by the way, that last thing, safety permitting, that hasn't always been the case. I have had some near misses. If this all sounds a bit nose in the air and a bit patronising and condescending, yes, but who really cares? Certainly not an anarchist like the Doctor, who also has a machine that can literally take him anywhere he wants, any time he wants, to any time period he wants. It's debatable whether the Doctor is entirely a good influence, but for me he is. In what way, then, did not just Doctor Who, but science fiction, fantasy and horror influence your life. Let me know. Hopefully it influenced your life in a good way. That is it for the State of the Rewatch this week. (laughs) It's like the State of the Union. Let us now move on to some notes about this particular revisit, which I haven't mentioned yet Today I am talking about the Rebos operation from 1978. As has been the case for quite some time, Tom Baker plays the fourth Doctor. His companions are Romana, played by Mary Tam, who we will get to know very soon. She is the replacement for Leela. And K-9 Mark II, played by John Leeson. The director was George Spanton Foster, the writer Robert Holmes, the producer Graham Williams. And regarding locations, this was a studio-filmed story, filmed at BBC Television Centre, Studio TC4, in Shepherd's Bush. The Rebos Operation is story 98-098 and is the first serial of season 16. It consisted of four 25-minute episodes and was first broadcast from the 2nd to the 23rd 
of September 1978, and it follows the Invasion of Time, which we covered in pod 398. Let's do our On This Day segment. And on this day, as is generally the case, not a thing of any significance happened. Not even cosmically. Interestingly, when I tried to look up astronomical activity on that day, Google did not show me astronomical activity. It showed me a whole lot of sites about astrology. Ah, that's not great. Okay, then let us talk about what happens in the Rebos operation, and then I'll tell you what I thought. The Doctor is in the TARDIS with K9 Mark II and planning a nice little holiday when he is diverted by a being called the White Guardian who gives him the task of retrieving the Key of Time. The Key of Time is a device whose pieces have been scattered and must be brought back before another being called the Black Guardian gets the device and puts it to evil use. The Doctor is assigned a young Time Lady, Romana, which is a shortened version of Romanad Voratrelunda, which the Doctor is not keen to have to repeat too many times, and then tells her he's going to call her either Romana or Fred, to which she replies that she quite likes the sound of Fred, but he, in any case, calls her Romana. Leaving K9 Mark II behind in the TARDIS, he and Romana arrive on the medieval world of Rebos, their mission to retrieve the device, the Key of Time, in the midst of the arrival of native guards and a warlord in the market for a planet, the planet Rebos, which is being sold by a couple of interstellar criminals named Garon and Unstoff. To further complicate matters, the device is disguised as an extremely valuable lump of a gem called Jethric, which is a substance that currently powers space travel in this era. There's an interval in which we are introduced to a Galileo, Galilei-like Binro, who is very helpful to one of the crooks, Unstoff. He is a persecuted scientist, living in poverty in the main town, and there's a lovely interplay between him and Unstoff, and the pair form a bond. There is also the usual comedy of errors as the cast pantomimes back and forth until the finale down in the deadly catacombs inhabited by a large predator. A crocodile-like beast. 
the warlord, the Graf Vindike, is killed by his own bomb that he initially gives to the Doctor, who is disguised as one of his troopers, and expects his trooper to deploy this bomb as a suicide device. The Doctor deftly passes the bomb back to the Graf Vindike, and he is killed by his own bomb. At the denouement, the Doctor again pulls the old switcheroo, in this case a double switcheroo, with Garon, the main confidence man, and regains the Jethric that Garon pickpocketed from him in the first place. In the closing scene, back in the TARDIS, they, the Doctor and Romana, use the key detector given to them by the Guardian to reveal the double crystal forming the first part of the Key of Time. Okay then, let us talk about what I thought. The mission to retrieve the key is the standard MacGuffin Hunt story arc, and I almost immediately found myself thinking, oh no, five more until we can start a completely new story. I thought the urbanely menacing Guardian is reminiscent of the Architect from The Matrix, who is another knobby white beardy bloke in a colonial's tropical suit. Very man from Del Monte. Ribos, as it appears to be spelled, is in fact Rebos. Yes, until I had watched this, I was always pronouncing this adventure the Ribos operation. But all the cast refer to Ribos as Rebos. Hmm. Back to the Guardian. This is the first appearance of a Guardian. I believe there are two. There is a White Guardian and a Black Guardian. They are these uber-powerful, godlike beings. This is also the first appearance of his new companion, Romana, who in the first episode is assigned by the White Guardian to assist the Doctor. She is young, apparently only 140 years old, as opposed to the Doctor's 759. He claims protestingly that he's only 739. I think 739? He says something like that, but he doesn't agree that he's 759 years old. Time Lady Romana reminds me strongly of Time Lady Rodan from The Invasion of Time, though she is much snootier, and as we see from the way the camera later lingers on her legs in episode 2, thoroughly the imperious but sexy space girl. K9 Mark II takes a few steps back when he first meets her in the TARDIS's control room, though he was also very impressed by Leela. Apparently, K-9 is something of a lady's dog. Romana is an alumni 
of the Citadel's Academy on Gallifrey, though she says of the Doctor's academic performance, well, it's better than scraping through with 51% at the second attempt. Oh, that's nice of her, isn't it? Uh, Let's go on a little tangent here. It only took me the first attempt to scrape through. That was at postgraduate level. So take that, Doctor. Though, according to what I was told, I also only scraped through with just over 50%. In any case, Romana is very different from Leela. She is every millimetre or nanometre the Citadel Sophisticate. The Rebos operation is a burglary mixed up with a caper. The Doctor's trying to burgle a piece of the Key of Time. And there's also a con caper going down between offworlders, the pair of dodgy traders, Garon and Unstoff and their royal client-slash-mark, the Graf Findecay. It's the usual overly complicated plot that is a feature of Doctor Who, both Old Who and New Who. The Key of Time. Now, this is interesting. The Key of Time is a cube that looks and sounds like Marvel's Tesseract. But in this case, Marvel got there first via Jack Kirby in 1966. As I mentioned before, there is some comedy in this story. Apart from the whole thing with Romana's name, there is another scene when the Doctor remarks on one of the crooks, who is disguised as a watchman, He is not convinced by the fellow's fake West Country accent. And then when the same crook, Onstoff, adopts an Irish accent, this does not at all impress his partner in crime, Garon. The Reboss Operations has strong echoes of The Curse of Peladon from 1972, which we covered in Pod 271, and The Monster of Peladon from 1974, covered in Pod 320, in that there is a monster used to guard a royal chamber, and in the way the Doctor breaks out his hypnosis skills. The first appearance of the creature is via the feet, which is a little silly, And I do wonder why all monsters in all movies, except Alien, have silly feet. They all seem to have these big chicken feet. I remember laughing hysterically at this in a rewatch of Dragon Slayer. I mentioned that before. I can't remember which pod. Go back and find that. However, when we do finally see the beast as a whole with its bony, skull-like armoured head, and the suit actor on all fours, it is far more impressive and scary. Which surprised me. I thought it would have been a bit silly, but it wasn't. I was slightly intimidated. There is also a witch character, who seemed very reminiscent of a sister 
of Khan, though insane. She also reminded me of Senna the Soothsayer, played by Jean Mockford in Frankie Howard's Up Pompeii TV show from 1969 to 1970. And that's not so much from her appearance, which is very different, but from her pompous, portentous and insane delivery of lines. She is a complete fruitcake. Although she is not wrong in her predictions. (laughs) As I briefly mentioned, I was moved by the relationship between the helpful Binro, a scorned and poverty-stricken scientist, and Unstuff, one of the crooks. Binro believes that the stars are other suns and there are other worlds out in space. Remember, this is a medieval world. I felt terribly sad when he is killed towards the end, as I had hoped the two crooks would take him into space to show him that he was right all along, and maybe he would have a nice life on another world. Like his predecessor, K9 Mark II, does not follow orders to stay, which is lucky for the Doctor when the robot dog comes to his aid, which is often the case. Finally, let us move on to some trivia, and I was just talking about K9 Mark II, so let's do that some more. This sees K9 Mark II in action, but I cannot see a physical difference between K9 Mark I and Mark II made by the Doctor. Mark I, if you remember, was made by Professor Marius and introduced in The Invisible Enemy, from 1977, which we covered in pod 388. Mark I left with Leela in The Invasion of Time, 1978, which we talked about in pod 398. Mark II appears this week in The Rival's Operation until Warrior's Gate in 1981 in which he is left badly damaged with Romana. K-9 Mark III was introduced in K-9 and Company, the episode titled A Girl's Best Friend from 1981. K-9 and Company was only a one-episode pilot featuring show favourite, Sarah Jane Smith. He and Sarah Jane Smith reappeared in the 20th anniversary special for Five Doctors in 1983. Mark III's final appearance was in New Who's School Reunion from 2006, in which he dies and is rebuilt and presented to Sarah Jane Smith as K9 Mark IV. K9 Mark IV worked with Sarah Jane Smith throughout the Sarah Jane Adventures from 2007 to 2011. 
I believe, though I can't confirm because my research didn't go that far into this, that more than 12 props were made. Of those, 12 were sold off by the BBC, one of which made its way to Abate University. It was restored by a student named Gary Taylor in 2018 using a Raspberry Pi because there wasn't really much left after some rain damage had got into the fiberglass shell, and so really had to gut the whole thing and replace it with a Raspberry Pi. I wonder if he implemented any kind of AI assistant like Jasper or Mycroft, and then maybe changed the voice to somehow match John Leeson's. I mean, we've got that new... AI voice faking technology quite recently. That would be quite a good thing to try out. Gary Taylor, on the off chance that you are listening to this, let me know if that is something you're interested in doing. Maybe we could have K9 on the show. That is it. I've got to say, this is a bit of an unusual recording. I don't know if I actually mentioned this at the top of the show now. What is wrong with me? Uh, the aging brain. But I'm not taping in the usual place today. I'm actually taping in my bedroom, not in the studio. And man, it is noisy. My bedroom, although it's high up, it's on a level with a road, whereas the studio is low down and there's a bank and some trees going up until you reach the road, so the road isn't going directly into the mic. I have got the mic facing me rather than the window, which is the case in the studio, so maybe that will make a difference, but there is a hell of a lot of noise out there. I do apologise if this turns out to be quite a noisy recording. I'm not quite sure if it is or not. I do have my monitoring headphones on, but I can't really tell without cranking up the volume to deafening levels. Anyway, that is it for my revisit of the Reboss operation from 1978. I hope you enjoyed it. Please get in touch if you want to talk Doctor Who about how Doctor Who influenced you, changed your life, made your life better, made it worse... Made you go for a certain type of career, or not just Doctor Who, but science fiction, fantasy, and horror in general. I'm always happy to talk about those things. Although I do stray into lots and lots of other topics, those are the core topics of this podcast. And that is it. The show that you've just listened to is produced, presented, and edited by me, Roy Matur, a writer. Matur is spelt M-A-T-H-U-R. You can find more about me or get in touch at roymatur.com. If you want to help, please review and rate the show on whatever platform you listen. Recommend it to a friend or mortal enemy or click on the contact or support link on the website. That is it. Thanks for tuning in. You were listening to Captain Roy's Rocket Radio Show, Crash, the UK Geek Podcast, mostly about science fiction, fantasy, and horror. This was episode 404, 
recorded on Sunday the 19th of September 2021 on Talk Like a Pirate Day. Matey, arr, arr, arr. Pieces of eight. Pieces of eight. Pieces of eight. Sorry, I went a bit mad there. And the time at the end of the show is 15.53.11. I probably will not record this from the bedroom in the daytime again. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for listening, nerdlings. And bye-bye for now. Bye.